What does a healthy family look like? And how do you know when you have seen one? This is Friday, October 21st. This week of our series, Engage, we've been looking at the way God began his mission in the world with the family. Why? Well, it's here where people are formed and shaped. People come to be in the context of their family. Now, today, families are quite small. At the first census in in America, that was in 1790, a married woman would have on average 10 pregnancies. Not out of all those children would survive childhood, but it is clear that families were much larger than they are now, and families needed to be large. Most American families then, early American, they lived on a family farm, and children, lots of children, were needed to help to do the work, to keep the farm operating, and to sustain the family. Also, birth control could only happen in the natural way. (laughs) You get the idea. But the good news of larger families was more than a built-in labor force. Families were micro-communities, places where community came to be developed around a father and a mother for the benefit of all. Now, in many ways, today children are seen as a liability. Sadly, rarely do they share in the work of the family. Instead, they must be cared for and their lives sustained, and this can be difficult in a large city. We're really missing out on the wonder of the community that's involved with a larger family. On Sunday, we looked at the problem of missing community. Until 200 years ago, human beings lived in tight-knit extended communities of 40 to 150 people. Most of them were closely related to each other. But by the 1850s, that number had declined to about 10 people. By 1960, the average was five people. By the year 2000, the number had grown to less than four. Today, about one-third of Americans live alone. And as technology has advanced, we've gotten farther and farther from the conditions God created us to live in. We've gotten farther from each other. Now, in your extended family, the most important questions were settled for you. First, you know who you, you are. Your identity was wrapped up in your family and the life you shared together. Second, you likely knew the work you would do. You would carry on the family farm or family trade. Third, you'd have a good idea of who you would marry. Your parents would help you find someone suitable, someone that would fit into your family, that person you would share your life with until death do us part. And finally, and most importantly, your family would teach you what God to worship and serve. You would learn to walk with God by walking with your parents in the context of this robust extended family. Now today, these same questions are placed upon our young people. (laughs) Even before their frontal lobes have fully developed, they have to figure all of this out for themselves, who they will be, who they will marry, and who they will worship. Yet these are the most important decisions of your life. I want to get to our scripture for today. Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to 47. They, that's the first group of believers in the church, devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. 
All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Now this is the description given early in the book of Acts of the birth of the first church, the church in Jerusalem. On the day of Pentecost, just 50 days after the resurrection of Jesus, Jewish people from all over the world came to celebrate this feast day. In the presence of those large crowds, the Apostle Peter preached the gospel. He reviewed the history of the Jewish people, showing them how it all pointed to Jesus. The result of his preaching was that many people came to faith, and they were baptized. Those that remained in Jerusalem then began to meet regularly with the apostles and also together as one people. Now, people over the years have misread these verses. I've heard people say that this was an early form of socialism or even communism. But this was not a political statement or a political movement. What is being described here is a new family, the one formed by Jesus with those who came by faith to him. Yes, these are the things that family members do for each other all the time. They get together regularly. They share resources with each other. They join together for family meals. The church as Jesus created it was to be this kind of extended spiritual family that helped support and care for its members. Now, as we return to the distancing that is taking place in America these days, the church is in a remarkable place to serve people and build this healthy, beautiful community. How is that? Well, first we have the resources of the gospel. Reading the text from Acts reminds us that Jewish people had come to faith in Jesus, and they were gathered from various family and national backgrounds. It was a diverse bunch for sure. But notice how unified they were. They shared everything. How did that work? Well, if God loved us, we can love one another, though there may be vast differences that would otherwise keep us apart. This is what Jesus has made the church to be, an immensely diverse community able to share life together because of his love, because they've been forgiven, and they themselves all call God their Father. Just as the text says, then we read that the Lord added more to their number every day. People had never seen or imagined anything like this. Here was living, a living, mutually sacrificing group of people, filled with joy and experiencing closeness. And as I read about them, it makes me long for this living community here and now. And I think that's what we're called to in the community of our church at Granada. Let's pray. Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we think we can do life on our own, but we know we need each other. Help us to rest in your grace so that we might be able to enjoy the new community Jesus came to establish. We pray that you will add to our number daily those being saved. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.